Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have a very awesome co-host. It's Joshua. I told you I was going to find more excuses to bring him around. Joshua, thanks for co-hosting this episode. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm literally just one call away, so uh, glad to be here. <laughs> like Batman. Was Batman a call away? I don't know. On this episode, we have Mallory as our guest. She is an author. She's a paranormal investigator. She has spooky experiences to share. Mallory, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I love the title of your book, Making Friends with Ghosts. I think for a lot of us, especially during the pandemic, I feel like my only friends I had were ghosts. That sounds darker than it was meant to be. But uh, <laughs> what what got you into the paranormal? What kind of what influenced you to write a book? Well, so I've always been into ghosts and spooky stuff. Um, and I kind of go into the, the book a little bit. You know, I do have like an origin story. There was a scary doll when I was a kid, but um, I think like I really launched into it because of COVID. Um, you know, I when I had my son who is now eight, I had really bad postpartum depression, and a lot of it was wrapped up in because I just like lost myself to parenting. That's like all I was. I was like just mom, and so when I kind of threw myself into my interests. I was like, oh man, I feel like a human again, you know, and that made so much difference. And like, right when I was like discovering what a paracon was, COVID hit. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then so when quarantine restrictions were kind of easing up, um, one of the first events that was like back was a ghost hunt at Fort Mifflin. And I went and I heard a disembodied voice and I have, haven't stopped since. It's made my life like so much richer and I have community now that I didn't have. Some of my best friends on the planet are from the paranormal community and like starting social media. And like, I just got back from like the best weekend ever with like a handful of spooky personalities. And I'm just so grateful. That's really cool. I, I have a feeling Joshua and I can relate with both having young children, what a great outlet it is to have this community and to be able to create and still feel like yourself because it is tough when you have kids or in yeah. my case, just one kid, but you do kind of lose yourself in your children, which I think is a good thing, right? They need all the attention and love that they can get, but it does kind of become a hard balance to preserve yourself. And um, that's, that's really cool to hear that you were able to do that 
by creating in uh, this atmosphere that we all kind of hang out in. Well, one thing that I forgot to ask you is we love to find out where people fall on the believe meter zero, meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale, Mallory? Man, you know, I've had to eat my words so many times where I'm like, I don't believe in that. And then, oh, and then like the next time I go out, <laughs> so like, I hate to be either a zero or a 10, you know, I'm going to go a seven. When when you say you've seen things, though, you know, what are some things that have really made you just find yourself saying, okay, there's there's some stuff out here that we are unsure about or don't have full knowledge on? When I went to the Shanley Hotel in the, I want to say March of 2021, I saw a ghost. <laughs> I was with uh, Courtney, the ghoul guy, and I was with my, my teammate at the time, and and they still like they still make fun of me because they're like your face and I'm like I I have replayed that moment in my head and like it's in the book like that's what I open the book with that story of like everything that happened I saw a ghost I it was a person it was a non-transparent full body no head and it just went right across the hallway and I chased after that thing and my my body was moving after it before I, like, I consciously was like people were like you chased it I'm like yes this is this is who I am. <laughs> And I just, I really, I really thought that that would never, ever happen. And hello, like it did. And there are other things that have happened, you know, voices I've heard, you know, EVPs I've caught. There's something, there's something to some of these stories. Not all of them have gone and absolutely nothing has happened. <laughs> or, you know, if you've had those moments of just debunking something you were super excited about at the time and that we all hate that, but like you have to take your medicine. There's definitely some things that I've seen and heard and felt tasted that have changed my mind. I can't wait to find out what the paranormal tastes like. Also, shout out to the <laughs> ghoul guide we had yeah. her on not too long ago. Uh, she was really kind, <laughs> kind of piggybacking on Joshua's question. What does the paranormal taste like? I mean, this has only happened once. And again, I'm not, I'm going to be annoying be like, it's in the book, but it is because I, <laughs> it literally, that was one of those things I was like, you can't taste paranormal. You know, it's your burping or something, you know, or like, you know, brush your teeth or whatever. And I was um, in, and it's called the, the Tamaqua Elks Club. And there's a, there's these really freaky bedrooms at the end of this really freaky hallway. And it's the kind of, feeling that you know as an investigator you're like okay like something's something's not normal here this is where we've entered something special here and these two bedrooms one of them is kind of has all discarded like medical equipment there's like adult diapers and it's just it's kind of a mess and as i entered i stepped over the threshold i had this intense bitter taste on my tongue and it's i don't know if you've ever like accidentally bit like an advil or like a medication and it was like and it was so sharp and I just remember thinking like oh my I'm like did that just happen and I'm like I must have I was like no I had like a sip of soda like I ran down to like the safe room and had it like the last thing I had had was that I mean it hasn't happened since and I'm not willing to say like oh it was a ghost taste but like that happened and it's something unusual and outside of the normal I like, I was like Googling, like, like, I'm like, oh, do I have some weird disease? Like, <laughs> like is there something wrong? And it's like, it's really nothing was, nothing was coming up. Kind of going back, you mentioned your origin story. I always find it really interesting to see what it is that pulls people 
towards the paranormal. I mean, sometimes we don't have a choice. We experience things that are not only unexplainable, but we didn't ask for. <laughs> what led you to the paranormal? What was your origin story? I feel like throughout my life, the paranormal was like checking on me and being like, hey, you know, you ready to dive in yet? And I wasn't, and I wasn't, and I wasn't, you know? And then on my first ghost hunt, I heard that disembodied voice and I was like, okay, like, let's, let's do this. But I would say the earliest, you know, experience that I had and I, I remember, and again, this is in the book, but my dad used to go on business trips all the time. And he would always bring me like a little doll from wherever he went. And I was upstairs in my room, you know, in my house as a kid, and I was like eight or nine. And I remember looking up, I don't know if I heard something or saw something, I can't remember, but the doll was coming through. It was a little Navajo doll with like a blue dress and it was coming through the air perfectly still like across my entire bedroom and it hit me in the face and you know if you think you throw something they tumble it's like you have to be really skilled to like throw something and and even then it like has to go in like an arc I thought about this a lot in my 31 years you know remembering it um so it hit me in the face and it fell to the floor and I thought my brother had thrown it at me and then ran out because see he's like eight years older than me he's always picking on me and I like ran into the bathroom thinking he was in there. He wasn't in there. Ran downstairs and I'm like, you know, did Ben just come through here? No, he's in the kitchen. Like no one had been upstairs. And I'm like freaked out now. So I go like upstairs and I like grab the doll from like here, like get rid of this. And I, I never saw it again. And then like years later, I'm a paranormal investigator and I'm doing research and I have a social media. I'm, I'm like all post about this doll and I read um, Hans Holzer's book The Ghost Hunter and there's a passage in there that I came across and it's about these Navajo dolls that will occasionally fly toward the air and hit people in the face Wow! and I still have chills like because I was like that is exactly what happened to me 30 years ago you know like it was and in that moment reading that book it felt like someone was in the room with me being like I'll never forget that. Joshua, you're a bit of a historian with the paranormal. Have you ever heard of anything like that? That's actually my first time. So I'm super intrigued by that. I'm, I'm definitely going to do some research into that. That sounds fascinating. But I, I, it's, it kind of goes into the lore with dolls. You know, you have different types of dolls that seem to attract activity, like Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy dolls. Those tend to, you know, the things seem to be centered around those for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe the, the underworld just really likes uh, <laughs> Raggedy Ann. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. 
You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings. That's wildgrain.com slash hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I do want to ask you, um, do you find similar origin stories with your, like your community as well, where it seems like the, the paranormal kind of checked in on them until they finally got ready to step into it, as opposed to people who just latched on and just kind of rode the wave from there you mean like do you think there's people who ignored it for a long time then there's people who just dove in right away yeah like in your community do you see like your story being more common or or kind of yours uh sticking out in that regard it's funny because i feel like a lot of the people i have spoken to had like little stories like that because when i said that or when i read the book they were like yeah like there was this happened when i was a kid or like this happened and, and like how many times have you been talking to like a skeptic and they're like yeah i don't believe in ghosts but this one time you know and they go on about like a scary story so i, I don't know i mean i'm sure it's like a toss-up but i also wasn't like i wasn't going to jump into the paranormal at the age of eight it wasn't maybe if like my parents were investigators you know like i could see my kids because they know like what i do in my spare time and they call it my ghost stuff with maybe if they had something they might that you know they might not wait for it to build and build and build maybe they would dive in then so it's a good question i i don't know i feel like I've, i have had a lot of feedback where people recognize that in their own lives do you find your your kids kind of being drawn to it similar to you or, or differently they're like halloween nuts so i think like they got that from me and it's actually been really handy when they're scared of ghosts and i'm like I'm an investigator. There are no ghosts in your room. And they just, they believe me <laughs> really easily. So that's been nice. Say Joshua and I want to go investigate together and we've never done this, right? We've never been to record and, and, and all these things to try to capture proof of the paranormal. What is some advice you can give to people like us who maybe want to step into that world and start generating some of that type of content? My long-term advice, and I haven't been, I haven't been doing this a super long time but I think solid advice because I am a mom and I haven't been doing that a while is just don't lose yourself in it you know like don't don't fake things let's you know go out don't put too much pressure on yourself if there's something you enjoyed about your experience you can share that and you don't have to add filters and you don't have to 
add creepy sound effects. You can just be you. And I, cause I think in this community, it's really easy to lose yourself to the aesthetic or want to be on a show or get a show or get paid to do it. Or, you know, or you can really, there's like some pitfalls that are kind of gross, um, you know, latching on to people because they have a lot of followers, um, stuff like that. But I mean, in terms of just starting investigating, this is stone's throw on any social media. You can find a local group with you or like a ghost hunt. You can pick up any one. Chances are, if you're into ghosts, you know the big haunted place near you and just go on a public hunt there, you know? Um, and you don't have to buy equipment to start. You can just go with your phone and a flashlight and just see what happens. Well, Mally, I want to make sure everybody can find you at all your awesome locations, not your home address, but your internet addresses. Can you share those with our audience? Absolutely. So I am everywhere is coffee, books, and ghosts. I'm, I'm usually on Instagram. That's like my home base uh, for better or for worse. I'm on Facebook. I'm a little bit on YouTube. I'm on TikTok, but you don't need to see that. TikTok. <laughs> uh, my book is Making Friends with Ghosts. This is on Amazon. Um, it's also in my Etsy shop. And I also just wrote a kid's book. It's called The Roasty Toasty Ghosty. I wrote that for my son like four years ago, and I just decided to put it out because it's super cute. That <laughs> sounds amazing. Is it a picture book? That's not what you call it. What do you call yeah. a kid's book? Oh, yeah, it's a picture book. I like it has little drawings of ghosts. It's cute. I wrote it for if you ever read the wonky donkey, it's like a little silly rhyming book. So before we wrap up and get out of here, Joshua shared with me that he recently got his first tattoo. Joshua, I would love to hear all about that. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of big. So uh, <laughs> I uh, I have a friend who, um, you know, I'll just I'll just shout shout him out. His name is Trevor. Um, he works at Soulbound Tattoo. Uh, and he's a friend of, he's the husband of one of my friends who is local. And I'd been mulling over a tattoo for like, I don't know. I, I hadn't pulled the trigger in like a decade. So I finally was like, I'm grown. I can do this. And so I just went in the chair and I said, Hey, we're going to set up an appointment. And then I set up an appointment a month later. Uh, I got a tattoo that everybody has told me is huge because I didn't really think it was that big. Uh, but it's, I guess it is pretty big, but it's, it's pretty meaningful. And I'm glad that I did it. And I'm already planning out like eight more tattoos. And so. I might be a walking, walking ink soon. <laughs> well, where is it? What is it? Can we see it? Yeah, it's so it's on my arm. It's right. It's over here. It's still wrapped up uh, in the uh, Santa derm. So it's a little, it's a little wonky. So hopefully it, it comes out well. So the first one is Joshua one nine. That's a, a special verse to me just for my, my background. And it says, you know, have a not commander, you be strong and courageous. A compass with my wife's initials, my initials and my child's initial uh, with some space to open it up. And then um, a hawk feather, just because it's like my spirit animal. And I wanted to somehow get all these together. So love um, it, man. That's great detail. Yeah. Great work. Yeah. Yeah. The, the line work is, I cannot wait to take this, the Santa Derm off. I'm so excited to take How this. long have you had it on? I've had it on since Monday night. They said that I, I could take it off in two or three days, but they said to like really get the healing process real good for you try to go for four or five. And so today's day three, and uh, I'm going to try to get it to Saturday. Have you been cleaning it and stuff and then adding more or you just had the same one on? The same one. Oh God. I don't like your, I don't like your face right now. No, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I would say do whatever your artist told you to do. Like Christina, who's done my last or my last two, 
she actually prefers a dry heel, which I had never done before. I was a little nervous to do, but um, I would probably disinfect it and maybe put, and maybe put another tagoderm wrap on it if you want to, or just disinfect it and just live your life. You know, yeah. uh, just, if I'm not here next week, uh, Mallory's you know like, why. this is not what I signed up for. You would know, like you wouldn't, it would be bumpy and itchy and you're, you're looking yeah, fine. It's not infected not or anything. No, no, no. It looks okay. great. It, it's, it's a beautiful tattoo. Congratulations. Okay. I was a little, it's, it's hot and it's hot in here now. I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my God. Like they're going to amputate my arm off. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, uh, when I got my first one, that one of me and my son, uh, you know, it was, it, it's just like a little one. It didn't, I mean, it's not little, but it was, it's just like simple line work, you know? And she was like, yeah, I can tell you, you're like, this doesn't bother you at all. You're going to get like more tattoos. And and I think you do know pretty quickly, like if, if this is the life for you. Yeah. He was like, it's going to feel like bee stings, but like a little worse. I was like, okay, well, I've already paid for this now. So, uh, <laughs> but there's something about the gratification. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe not for everybody, but, um, something about the gratification and the pain of like knowing you're earning this like piece of artwork on you. Yeah. You know? It felt so much, it felt so good after I was done. I was like, oh, that was like not bad at all. I could yeah. probably do this everywhere. So yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> well, it hurts different in different places. I will say that, but uh, yeah. once you got up to here. Yeah. And yeah. he had the shade. I was like, ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of hurts. The one on my bicep is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Like it was, it was pretty rough, but, uh, you know, all worth it. It's fun. I figure eventually it'll solve all my childhood issues if I keep getting more tattoos. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so on that note, Joshua, where can our fans find you if for some reason they haven't checked out your content yet? Well, you can find me reading making friends with ghosts because that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, so make sure y'all do that. It's a really thick book. And it, so I'm definitely cracking into it. So you can find like the way you said thick, there. <laughs> very <laughs> thick. thick, three, three C's at the end. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Joshua Darren everywhere. D A I R E N. And you can soon find me at the coffee shop in Opelika, Alabama, because I own it now. Um, so uh, yeah, come visit me and uh, get some good espresso. Look at you, entrepreneur. Is that the big announcement you were telling me you had? Yeah. Congratulations, man. Wow, your life is just afoot. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to sleep a couple hours a day, but uh, you know, you got you to gotta start somewhere, I guess. <laughs> well, please document all that. I, I want to, um, I'd love to know what's all going on. That That's really, really cool. Wow. Well, that's awesome, Joshua. Congratulations. Mallory, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. It's um, always a pleasure to meet another friendly face in the community. And I had been told that you had great stories and you did not disappoint. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really, really had a good time. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we wrap up by... I'll say my name, Joshua will say his. We'd love for you to do it with us. You'll say your name and then we all go, ooh. Are you, is this a joke? No, surprisingly. <laughs> I'm gonna be well, the only one who does it, right? No, I know, that's always the big fear. Like you won't, you won't be, so many of our guests, you see them when we get to the woo part, they're like, and then they're like, oh, okay, they're doing it. And then they are doing okay, it. Yeah. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. Joshua Darren. Valerie Sawinski. Ooh. 
contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.